Uh, and it's our privilege today to have Ed and Teresa Seeley with us. And uh, Ed, I've asked Ed to come. Well, actually, he was here last night. They, they entered, uh, I wouldn't say entertained us, but presented a concert. It was entertaining as well, but it was a great time and good time of fellowship and a uh, good time also just to, to be encouraged uh, through song and through testimony last night. And uh, I would just say this by way of introduction. Uh, they aren't strangers to us. They've been here a couple times, but... Um, over the years, I've known Ed and Teresa since I was a student, way back when, when they were like, you know, after Noah came out of the ark, that kind of thing. But anyways, that was, uh, I spent three years at um, Bible College under the ministry uh, of Ed and also his wife being there with, in the background. And people don't realize how much of that that makes the man who is out there teaching is the woman that's behind him and appreciate you both and if there's anything i can say over the years and i've known you guys watched you they're genuine they're real they're they've gone through struggles health problems all kinds of stuff and the lord has shown through all that and i told ed this morning that out of those three years of all those classes i think there's like i, I taught new testament synthesis in your place years later and um, I think it was 84 classes I had to teach in the course of a year. And, but all those classes, Old Testament, New Testament, all that, and I came out with, the Bible is the Word of God, you know? <laughs> and we sang that this morning, so it was really good. But uh, brother, you come on up and share with us what God's laid on your heart. Thank you so much, Jack. Uh, Pastor Jack. And uh, he's been a quality guy. Uh, you remember those ones who stand out in Bible school, and he certainly did, both he and Sandy, and they were a blessing to us, and to see him go on and um, be your pastor for 10 years now, I guess, and so thank you for that. Thank you for the warm welcome. We just felt so at home last night here, and uh, what a great group of people. Thank you for the good music this morning, uh, our piano player. And um, thank you for uh, the meal last night. It was just unbelievable. And I just really feel that's the only nasty part I leave with is that I can't eat too much before I speak or whatever. So I just had a small little plate staring at all of those goodies. It was really a temptation um, to kind of gorge. But um, if you have your Bibles this morning, uh, I invite you to turn to the book of Isaiah. And in chapter 12, first of all. Isaiah chapter 12, and, we're, and, and as you're coming there, um, we'll see that portion, but I want to just come back and share a couple of verses with you prior to what we're going to see in Isaiah chapter 12, because I found in the earlier parts of the book of Isaiah, many verses, this verse re- reoccurs several times. Let me just give it to you from uh, chapter 9, verse 12. The Syrians before and the Philistines behind, they shall devour Israel with open mouth. This is the phrase I want you to, to hear. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. You'd find that repeated in verse 17 at the end of it. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. You'd find that constantly through these opening chapters. And then when you get to chapter 12, you read these words in verse 1. In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, 
Thine anger is turned away. Did you see that? God's anger, uh, not turned away because what they were doing, but his hand reached out still. And uh, people say today, you guys have been talking about this return of Christ for a long time. Why? What's happening with that? Is he really coming? And he goes on to say this. It's because he is waiting for people to save the long-suffering of the Lord. Uh, he waits for people to be saved. And then you notice the verse 2 of chapter 12 in Isaiah. Behold, God is my salvation, and I circle my. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength. I circled my again. And my song. And he's become my salvation. What a wonderful thing that is. And then verse 3. Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Now I want to then come to the book of John chapter 4. And I'll just leave that for the moment. I'm going to read it when I get to it. But therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And you notice that word anger there. God is angry, but his hand is still reaching out to people. Did you ever notice the anger that's in the world? It's just absolutely amazing. Which drew me to some thoughts that might be foreign to anything we've heard before. But um, you probably have heard this story, how the senior citizen is going through the drive-thru at McDonald's. And she's having a hard time to navigate it. And the lady behind is shaking her fist and yelling out the window and saying some pretty nasty things. So when the senior citizen got up to the window, she just paid for the one behind her, the lady who cussed her out. And, but when she got up to the next window, the senior citizen said, I have two receipts for meals. I'll take both of them. <laughs> and she just drove away. And that lady, when she, in between those two spaces, she's out the window, thank you, thank you. I wasn't really that mad. And she drove away both meals, and she had to go back in the lineup again. Um, so uh, why that anger when somebody drops a cup of coffee between the building and your car? Do we just vent at those people? Now, I wondered about this because uh, the question is, is the world burned out? It's a thought, because I have faced burnout myself. And here's some, of the, here's some of the things that you see in burnout, and I'm going to look at the answer to that. Cynicism, critical over just about everything. A loss of passion. Sometimes you just want to die. Uh, a persuasive numbness. Emotional responses like anger. Loss of motivation. You can't even do the basic things. Uh, An inability to think straight. You just can't form logical thoughts when you're burned out. And so how do we medicate that? We do it by spending binges. We do it by gaming a lot, binge watching of television, exercise or anything that helps you numb out. Alcohol, drugs, sex, gambling. Uh, Society has become angry and very anxious. And a friend that I have who sends me emails, his name is Kerry Newhoff, said this. 
The fact that we are so deeply addicted in our culture points to an inability to cope with the current reality, which opens the door wide for ministry. And he goes on to say this, while it's important to stay connected and in touch as a leader, the main thing your social media and news feeds do nowadays is feed your anxiety. What used to feed your mind and heart now feeds your despair. And so we, it's just so easy to tap in, I hate you, on a piece of plastic that you wouldn't do if you were in front of the person. So he asks the question, is society burned out? And if so, what is the answer? And we're going to come to John chapter 4, and the answer is this. We need to drink from a deeper well. We need to drink from a deeper well. Now, if you turn to that portion in John chapter 4, I want to share some thoughts on this this morning. John chapter 4. Used to be in my Bible. Before he came up here. And it's one of my favorite chapters in the Word of God. But let's just read down through a few verses here in John chapter 4. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and he departed again unto Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. And cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, next to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. uh, And it says it was about the ninth hour, verse 7. Then cometh the woman of Samaria to drink water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knew the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me drink, thou uh, would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And he knows verse 11. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Um, From whence then hast thou this living water? And Jesus will go on to present that water to her, the water of life. She will get saved. You'll find her down here in a little ways, leaving behind her water pot. That was the most important thing in her life. That's how she got what she needed for the cooking and personal hygiene. Uh, That water pot was precious. But when she received the water from the Lord Jesus Christ, she left behind her water pot to uh, to go tell her family, her friends, and they came to Christ through her. If you study this woman out after biblical times, I believe her name was Patini. We can't document this as accurate proof, but one thing is certain. All of the things I read about her, she was a constant witness and constantly preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that the Eastern Church has a day they've set aside to honor her. They believe that she led more people to Christ than all of the apostles put together. You you get on the internet and just Google it and you'll see the story of her life. And so she drank of a deep well that day. 
She says to Jesus, this well pretty deep. You, you're going to need to get down there a ways to get this water. And he said, if you drank of this well, far deeper than this one. So drinking from a deeper well. Um, there is a thirst in all of us. We thirst for purpose. We thirst for meaning. We thirst for significance. We thirst for satisfaction, fulfillment, freedom from stress and worry and pressure. And we search for love. And we somehow drink at the wrong wells. So this morning, I want to just look for a few moments at drinking from a deeper well. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us this morning. Father, I pray you'd help me this morning. Thank you for the days, uh, Lord, when you have probed my own heart to see how shallow my life can be sometimes with all of the busyness. Lord, busyness just leads to barrenness, and barrenness leads to brokenness. And so this morning, as we look into the Word of God, I pray the dear Holy Spirit of God might help me, Lord, to be a blessing to your people, and that we might leave here with a great desire in our hearts to drink from a far deeper well. And so we ask that you'd bless this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Now, there's some wells you should not drink of this morning. Don't drink of a fleshly well. Uh, When you go to the book of, um, uh, well, we we can look at this in Galatians, but uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, is the beginning of this. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envies, murders, uh, drunkenness, reveling, and such like of which I tell you before, as I've told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And he's talking about the works of the flesh as, a spoke, uh, as opposed to the, the, the manifestation of the works of the spirit and saying, don't drink of the fleshly well. And we do that many, many times. If you went down there, adultery is unfaithfulness to a wife or husband. It's looking at things with lust. It's the magazines. It's the videos. It's the DVDs. It's imagination and lusting in the heart. That will never satisfy. That's not the deeper well. He mentions fornication, all forms of sexual acts, uh, premarital, abnormal sex, all of that. He mentions uncleanness. It means moral impurity. And then he goes on to talk about lasciviousness. And lasciviousness is a point that we come to where when we begin to sin, we cover it up. But there comes a point of continually doing that to where you get to the point you don't care if anybody sees anymore. That's a line you cross called lasciviousness. And my wife and I were in an airport in um, uh, Alberta, I guess it was. We were, we had a little layover there and we wanted to see our daughter-in-law. So she came out to fellowship with us in a room that was about this big as we were waiting for a plane. There was the three of us at the back and, and two, uh, ladies, I suppose, between 20 and 30 at the front. And they got up and kind of looked back to where we were and then they proceeded to change their clothes. I mean, he just pulled her sweater off, and my wife said, look at that. And I said, I don't think I should. <laughs> and, um, and they just had slipped into a place where they didn't care. They just, ah, just one old geezer in here. It won't bother anybody. And so that's lasciviousness. That's, they, they didn't care. There was no shame in, in the act that was before them. So uh, then he mentions idolatry. 
That's the worship of idols or things that we just spend all our money and our time uh, it just consumes us. Witchcraft, um, it was, I think the word was mentioned in Sunday school this morning, is pharmakia. And um, the whole aspect of, of drugs uh, to gain control over others sometimes. It involves, this word involves astrology, seances uh, um, and crystal balls and tea leaves, all those things. Hatred, hostility, anim- animosity, variance, fighting, struggling to get something I want, even if it hurts others. Emulation means jealousy, desiring what others have. Wrath means bursts of anger, explosive tempers, strife, part of a clique that just wants to destroy. Heresies means rejecting the fundamental beliefs of God, the scriptures, and church. Envying is more than jealousy. It's begrudging the fact that others have something. He mentions murders. He mentions drunkenness. Reveling means uncontrolled pleasure in wild parties and orgies. And so if you want to be a woman of Samaria and do the work she did, you have to drink at a deeper well than that one. And then next is do not drink at the worldly wells. Uh, John chapter First uh, John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God abides forever. And the devil took Jesus up on the mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, I will give you all of this if you will follow me. And you could tie a, a ribbon around the world and put your name on it, and that will not fill the deeper needs of the heart. So don't drink of the worldly wells. Don't drink of the devil's well. That's the Matthew 4 part. And sometimes you look at other people, you know, we grew up so dirt poor that we would look at others who dressed so well and uh, hit all of the, uh, you know, the cars and the cottages and all that sort of stuff. And we would kind of wish we were in their shoes sometimes. And this poem has always resonated with me. It's called Richard Corey. Whenever Richard Corey went downtown, we people on the pavement looked at him. He was a gentleman from soul to crown, clean favored and imperably slim. He was always quietly arrayed, and he was always human when he talked. But still he fluttered pulses when he said, good morning, and he glittered when he walked. He was rich, yes, richer than a king, admirably schooled in every grace. In fine, we thought that he was everything, and we made us wish that we were in his place. So on we worked, and we waited for the light, and we went without the bread and cursed, went without the meat and cursed the bread. And Richard Corey, one come summer night, went home and put a bullet through his head. Very thing that we thought, they got it all together. They don't have it all together. So drinking at a deeper well. Don't drink at the fleshly well. Don't drink at the worldly wells. And don't drink at the devil's well. Second thing is I must partake of the well of salvation. That's an important thing. And we see that in John chapter 4 here as we read down through this woman. Let me just read you a summary I jotted down of John chapter 4 to help us cover this. It's here that Jesus meets with this lady beside a real well. 
and they discussed cool, clean water, which leads to a conversation about spiritual water, a kind of water that is good for your diet because you'll never thirst again, a kind of water that is good for personal hygiene because it washes away the dirt and filth of sin, a kind of water that brings great pleasure, a kind of water that will mold you and shape you, a kind of water that will give you life, a life eternal and life more abundant is the water that Jesus was offering her. It's time to drink at a deeper well. As I noticed this lady, she was not a church lady. She had five husbands. That's quite a stretch. I know a guy who is now looking at his fourth wife. And I asked him, would you marry again? And he said, oh, I'd have to. I'm still pretty young. And I said, then you need to take me with you next time because your choosers broke. You choose four wives and don't get the right one. There's something wrong with the chooser. So she was not a church lady. She had five husbands, and Jesus said the one she was living with was not her husband. She was a half-Jew. They were not like the Samaritans. And then as you go down, you'd find out that she was not well-liked. She was not very well-learned because as he talks about spiritual things here, she's got it twisted quite a bit here, and she was not well-lived. So those three things about her, she was not well-liked, she was not well-learned, she was not well-lived. But she came to Christ and trusted him as Savior and drank from a deeper well, so much so that she, had, she left behind the most valuable thing in her life to go and reach her family, to reach her friends, to reach her neighbors. And so I, I just want to read you just a little brief paragraph about her that I found. She was a significant figure in the community. Like many other women, women the woman of Samaria contributed to the spread of Christianity. She therefore occupies a place of honor amongst the apostles. In Greek sermons from the 4th to the 14th century, she is called an evangelist. In these sermons, the Samaritan woman is often compared with all of the apostles. When you would go and continue to search this out, it says here, let me just read you this. Soldiers were ordered to bring her to the emperor, but Patini, that was her name, anticipated them. Before they could arrest her, Patini with her son Joseph and her Christian friends went to Nero. When the emperor saw them, he asked why they had come. Patini answered, we have come to teach you to believe in Jesus Christ. The half-mad ruler of the Roman Empire did not frighten her. She wanted to convert him. Nero asked the saints their names. Again, Patini answered. By name, she introduced herself, her five sisters and her younger son. The emperor then demanded to know whether they had all agreed to die for the Nazarene. Patini spoke for them. Yes, for the love of him we rejoice, and in his name we'll gladly die. Hearing their defiant words, Nero ordered their hands to be beaten with rods, so they would beat them with rods, and and for hours. Our brother in Sunday school spoke about how they would bring down the trees, four trees, and tie a hand and a foot to each one of those trees, and then cut the ropes as they bent those trees down with the ropes uh, tied. They'd cut the ropes, and the trees would go back up and tear people to pieces. And that's what the, the people were going through here. He sent his own daughter to bring her food that was poisoned. She led 
the daughter to Christ and all the attendants. And so her story goes on and on and on. And what brought the chains to Pontini? She drank of a deeper well. She drank of a deeper well than everybody around her. So I need to partake of the deep well of salvation. Secondly, I need to partake of the deep well of the Scriptures. You know that we in ministry are constantly in the Word, preparing messages. And about two years ago, I became aware that I can do that and miss out on the deeper well. And so I I was able to find myself a little Bible. I have it with me this morning. It has no markings in it whatsoever. And my office, uh, we have been given a church for my office. So in the mornings, like my office is at the back end of the church, but I always go up by the, by the pulpit where it is, and, and I take my Bible with me. And the sun shines in through the window, and I sit there in the warmth of the sun, and I take the Word, and, and I started just reading it, and, and not content till I'd go back and think through it, underline some things, and always take something with me that I could share during the day. Do you know, as a result of that, this little book has got marked up pretty good. And I sense a far deeper walk with God, a far deeper relationship than it was there before. It wasn't that I was at a bad well before. It's I wasn't drinking very deep at the well. And we're beginning to see things happen. If I had time to show you the, uh, the presentation from Africa, where we, we spent 10 days there, and the very first message, preaching on the cross, we were surrounded by a multitude of people. And when invitation time came, we saw a movement towards where I was standing, and I was scared someone was going to get trampled. So many people came forward. And they believed in that period of time that 500 people trusted Christ as their Savior during that earlier part. And they're writing me now to say that there's been another 200 saved since that. And so that's, that, that is the Spirit of God at work. <clears throat> so partaking of the deep well of salvation, partaking of the deep well of the Scriptures. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says this, that we might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present to Him a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. He cleanses it through His Word. Did you ever notice sometimes when you're, you're just having a rotten day and, and, and you kind of feel like, boy, I've really blown it today? And you say, I'm not going to church this morning like that. You know, it's the very place we need to be. And you can come in, maybe nobody even knows about it. When you leave, there's a sense of cleansing. That the Word of God has spoken to your heart. The Spirit of God has spoken. And you leave here, glad you came. And I remember one night, backing out of my driveway, it was Wednesday night prayer meeting, and the car got stuck. And I was, boy, I was losing my patience with that. I mean, why would you stop me from going to prayer meeting? And then I went in the house and determined I need to be there. Even if it's Ed Seeley late, it's better than the late Ed Seeley. So I'm going to prayer meeting. And so when you come, then I, the, the message that night spoke about impatience. Everything I needed to hear. And so partake of the deep well of salvation. Partake of the deep well of scriptures. Thirdly, Partake of the deep well of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, in John chapter 7, verse 37, if you have your Bibles right there, 
John chapter 7, and in verse 37 to 39. We'll read these words. In verse 37, in that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. For he that believeth on me, as the scriptures has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he speaks here about the Holy Spirit filling us to, to the point where out of our lives will flow rivers of living water. When we go to the grocery store, when we go to the bank, there will be a sense of God. The way we respond to people. Now, I saw a lady come up to the, at the Canadian Tire Store in our area with a, with a tire in a, in a cart and she banged it up against the counter and pushed me out of the way. And then she tore a strip off of that guy. Boy, did she let him have it. And after she was gone, I said, who in the world is that lady? They said, oh, that's Pastor So-and-so's wife. <laughs> and I thought, she's not, uh, there's not too much of a trickle flowing out there. If you were to go, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you there since we have a little bit of time. I won't go over time because they found this far in ministry doesn't matter how much time you go over, you never get paid for it. So, uh, <laughs> and you guys have been more than gracious and kind to us. And we thank you for the wonderful facilities where we're staying at the, um, the motel. And uh, I think it has a Sealy Posturepedic mattress because we slept well last night. <laughs> I want you to catch this about the Holy Spirit. Chapter 47 of Ezekiel. And I'm just going to read down through maybe to verse 5. Afterwards he brought me again under the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from underneath the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood towards the east, and the waters came down from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way to the gate northward, and he led me about the way without onto the utter gate by the way they looked eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. Now we know that water, as we've already read in John, is an emblem of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. And when the man that had the line or a measuring stick or tape went forth, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters that were to the ankles. It's possible to be only ankle deep in the Holy Spirit. Then, he says in verse 4, and again he measured a thousand, and he brought me through the waters that were to the knees. You can choose to be knee deep. Then, he measured a thousand, and he brought me through the waters that were up to my loins. And he measured a thousand, and, and, and it was like a river. I could not pass over, for the waters were risen. Waters to swim in a river, it could not be passed over, carried by the stream. 
I don't know about you, but I hate swimming. My mom told me this story when I was a kid about she, how she nearly drowned at the beach and how she was just in there so far and the, this wave came in and took her out and she couldn't swim and she nearly drowned, so she put the fear of swimming in all of us kids. So I've gone swimming with my friends, and here, here's my reaction. I start out in the water in the Bay Shalor, and I get out ankle deep. And, and then I go a little bit farther. I'm up to my knees. And then I say, oh, I just want to go back. Then I go a little bit farther. It's up to my waist. Then I throw myself in, and I'm bobbing up and down on the waves. I'm being carried by the water. And so we need to be, in our relationship to God and His Holy Spirit, is not just simply to be content to be ankle deep, or knee deep, or up to our loins, but to have the river of the Spirit of God carry us in all of His fullness and manifest all of His fruits in our lives. So there's a need to be drink of the deeper well of the Holy Spirit. Then there's a need, I believe, for the church to purify our wells. You know, Abraham, in Genesis 21, dug wells. You couldn't survive in that wilderness without water. But as soon as they would leave, the Philistines would come along and throw in all kinds of dirt and rocks and animals or whatever. They did not want them to partake of the well. And they jotted this down. After Abraham had dug them, the Philistines filled them back up again. When Isaac came on the scene, Isaac had to redig all those wells again. And I jotted this down. The Philistines had filled the wells to pollute, to clog, to render them useless for the descendants of Abraham. Their hatred for God and his people was so high that they were willing to murder them by shutting off the water. And the devil wants to block our wells so that we do not have anything of God's Spirit manifest in our lives that people can see and observe as we move amongst people. Did you ever hear about shocking a well? I mean, how many people would I say, shocking a well, you understand what that, that's, that is? Yeah, some of you do. Well, here's what it is. If you got a well, you put on your best attire and all of your makeup, comb your hair, and go out and look in the well, that'll shock it. <laughs> Not really, but we put Javix in the wells, and that is to destroy all of the bacteria. It's what we call shocking a well to remove the things that are unwholesome, the bacteria that's in that well. And so is it possible that I've come to know the Lord, and this morning maybe that excitement is not there? It, it, you just don't see the evidence in my life that it's uh, of, of the Spirit of God controlling me. I'm not as excited about God. I'm not as interested in church as I used to be. It's time to drink of a deeper well. I saw the guy that was killed by that, um, what was he called, Crocodile uh, Steve Irwin? Steve Irwin. Somebody asked me if I'd ever seen that program on television. I said, I never did. You need to watch that guy. It's pretty interesting. So I watched him one night. You know what Steve Irwin was doing? He was chasing a rattlesnake in the water. Rattlesnake swimming here, and he's got his boat. He's gaining on the, on, the, on, the, on the rattlesnake. As soon as he got up beside the rattlesnake, he jumped overboard and grabbed that thing behind the eyeballs. Comes up over the side of the boat. His beard's all dripping wet. His hair's all wet. He said, isn't that a beauty? 
And it was so contagious that after the program was over, I wanted to go buy a boat and chase rattlesnakes. Because he was sold on what he was doing. Chasing alligators and rattlesnakes. And shouldn't we be excited about the Lord Jesus Christ like that? Shouldn't we be so excited about him that we just want to tell everybody about him everywhere we go? Paul would say to the Galatians, you did run well. Who hindered you? Who stopped you from going on? Elijah sat by a brook and the brook dried up. They wrote on the house of God, the glory of God has departed. And so as we keep adding things of the world to our Christian lives until the well is full, there's not much gets squeezed out for God. So we got to stop drinking at the wrong well. Partake of the deep well of salvation. Partake of the deep well of the scriptures. Partake of the deep well of the Holy Spirit. Make sure that we look at our wells to see if there's things in there that are unwholesome, ungodly, that would kind of ruin our testimony, and shock the well. Get rid of those things. There's a need this morning as we come to an end to drink at the deeper well when there's so much vying for our attention. And I thought about this hymn. Listen to it as I share the words with you. Into the heart of Jesus... Deeper and deeper I go, seeking to know the reason why he should love me so, why he should stoop to lift me up from the miry clay, saving my soul, making me whole, though I have wandered away. And he says, this wonderful salvation that I have, I want to go deep into the heart of Jesus. And notice what he says in the next verse, into the will of Jesus, Deeper and deeper I go, praying for grace to follow, seeking his way to know, bowing in full surrender, low at his blessed feet, bidding him take, break me and make till I am molded and meet, deep into the will of Jesus. Then he goes on to say this, deep into the cross of Jesus, deeper and deeper I go, following through the garden, facing the dreaded foe, Drinking the cup of sorrow, sobbing with broken heart. Oh, Savior, help. Dear Savior, help. Grace for my weakness impart. Then into the joy of Jesus, deeper and deeper I go. Rising with soul enraptured, far from the world below. Joy in the place of sorrow, peace in the midst of pain. Jesus will give. Jesus will give. He will uphold and sustain. Five times here he refers to deeper and deeper I go. Drinking from a deeper well. Paul in Philippians would say this. Not as though I had already attained, neither was already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Jesus Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things which are before me. I think Paul was saying, deep, deep, drinking from a deeper well. That was his desire. I mean, man to God. Can I suggest these things and finish? Find a place to meet with God. Really meet with God. Read his words slowly, repeatedly, thoughtfully. If you didn't get anything the first time through, 
Read it again. One guy said, I read the word and I don't get anything out of it. The pastor said, but when you have a sieve, we used to sift flour, take out the lumps, and pour water through it, it doesn't hold anything, but it's cleaner. And the time you spend in the word of God keeps you from focusing on hatred or uh, animosity of any sort. So read his word slowly, repeatedly, thoughtfully. Try to take something with you because chances are during the course of the day, what God gave you, you're going to find someone who needs that along the way. Study. Take a pen with you or your device. As a Bible camp, one of our counselors did not bring his Bible for 10 days. I said, Cameron, why do you not bring your Bible to staff devotions? He said, the batteries are dead. Not amazing that we're into technology so much that when, when the batteries die, our Bible reading is over. Memorize the word. Um, review it. Meditate upon it. Take something with you that during the course of the day, you bring back over and over again. Share with others what God gave you. You know, this morning we had a chance to speak to the lady who was doing breakfast where we're staying. And that's what we shared with her. Some things that God had given to us, we were able to share with her this morning and talk to her about the Lord Jesus Christ. Drinking from a deeper well. I trust that will be the desire of your heart. God really rebuked me about all the busyness. And he gave me a little outline from Solomon. Solomon had all of the wisdom of knowledge, the knowledge of God given to him. His life became, uh, when he started off the life, he was a blessed man. God gave him the desire of his heart, give me wisdom. But then in, the, in that blessedness came busyness. He's now going to build a, a temple. He's now going to build cities that were broken down. And so Solomon moved from blessedness to busyness. Then he, he moves from busyness to barrenness. That's probably when he writes the book of Ecclesiastes. And then you know the story of his life. He died a broken man. So we got to be careful that we don't go uh, the other way on this, that we go deeper and deeper and deeper, drinking from a deeper well. Have you uh, drank of the cup of salvation? Have you partaken of that this morning? That you can truly say and you truly know in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Savior. Somewhere you met him. You remember, maybe not the exact day, but you know the time, you know the circumstances, you remember it well. If you don't have that, I would encourage you this morning to do what this Samaritan woman did. She came to Christ. She, he revealed her sin. And all of us have sinned. If we die in that condition, we're hopelessly lost in hell forever. But God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And on a cross, in his love, Jesus, God in human flesh, pushed you and me aside, took our punishment, took our place was buried and rose from the dead. If you want to find life, you look at someone who walked to a grave, into the grave, and out the other side, and there's only one person who ever did that, and his name is Jesus Christ. And if you come to him this morning in simple faith, Lord, I believe. I don't understand all this, but I believe I'm a sinner. I believe if I die, I'm going to go to hell, but I believe you love me. You don't want that for me. And on that cross, you paid my sin's punishment, uh, you paid it in full. I believe you died and you rose from the dead. I believe that. Come into my life. Save my soul. You, you pray what God leads you to pray.
But that's where it begins, that you're at the well. Drink from that deeper well, and then as you go through your life, keep on drinking at that deeper well. And God will bless you in ways that you will... It just time you when you think about how God uses your life in a powerful way. Let me pray with you this morning. Our Father, this morning we thank you that in a time when perhaps society has burned itself out by overcommitments in all the busyness, people are nasty and critical and sharp, that you'd help us not to drink of that well. You'd help us to be kind and gracious people. As we move amongst people, might they know that there's something different about us because we drink at a deeper well. Lord, help us as your people today in the place where we are in the history of this planet to be those people who will drink of that well. And as that woman left that water pot behind, she did it because she became a water pot. She became that river to a lost world. And I pray that you would do that in our hearts today. Give us that desire to go deep into the heart of Jesus, Lord, deep into the will of Jesus, deep into the cross of Jesus, until like Moses, there will be somewhat of a reflection in our lives of the reality of that situation, Lord. So I thank you for the people who have come this morning, and I don't know where anybody stands, and maybe somebody is just watching the broadcast. They're not sure about this. Lord, might you remind them of the words of the Apostle John who said, this is the record God has given to us eternal life. This life is in his Son. He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son of God has not life. How simple it is, Lord. And just with our heads bowed um, before we finish praying, I wonder if there might be anybody here. And you'd say, you know, where I've been drinking just leaves me empty, disgusted, no sense of joy, no sense of purpose. And I now see where it can be found. It's coming to that deeper well, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And today, I want him to save my soul. I want to be saved today. Would you just slip your hand up anywhere where you're seated today? I would like to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior right now. Just anyone who's here, slip your hand up, put it back down again. And I wonder, just as we're closing, if we as God's people might be more committed than we have been. I'm not, I don't know where anybody's at, not being judgmental here, but maybe just in this whole frustration, you'd find yourself where I was. Certainly busy in the things of God, but maybe there is a need to go deeper. And this morning you'd say, Lord, help me to drink from a deeper well. How many people here this morning, you slip your hand up and say, that's the desire of my heart. Want to drink from a deeper well? Thank you. God bless you. Yes, that's great. God bless you, folks. Anybody else? Thank you back here. I appreciate that. Lord, help me to drink at a deeper well. Anyone else before I finish praying? Thank you. Thank you. Father, you've seen the hands this morning, and there's been sincere desire there to drink at that deeper well. Might you just lead them down that path till Christ be formed in them. And Lord, their homes... The places where they work, as they come to church, as they move amongst humanity, 
there'd be an awareness that there's something different about this person. And it's because we've been able to have that privilege of drinking at a deeper well. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for opening such a well to us. Please make our lives water pots and rivers through which the Spirit of God can flow to a world that so desperately needs you, Lord. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Jack, do you want to come and close the meeting?